mistakes. I've had a few, and I did it my way. Okay, so I'm not Frank, and I'm not Elvis, but I am sharing some mistakes that I've made along the way, and I hope what I share helps you. So stay tuned. You might be surprised. Hey everybody, this is Nancy May from Doing It Best with Elder Care Success, and welcome to Summer Shorts. What are summer shorts? Well, everybody knows what those are. Those are the things that you buy in the store that have bright colors. They could have palm trees, alligators, flamingos, whatever they are on your shorts for the summertime. But here, they're just a little different. We're doing summer shorts, elder care success style, where we're taking 15 minute segments and giving you tips, ideas, resources, and things that you can do to make life easier, better, and in some cases, less expensive while taking care of those that you love, be it a parent, a spouse, a partner, or anybody else in your family. So hang tight. It's summer shorts. Hey everybody, it's Nancy May from Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. And this is another summer short. Actually, it's a new summer short for 2023. I want to thank you for being here with me all this time and for hopefully the time going forward. But this whole issue on mistakes, this is a really tough one for me as I've tried to wrap my brain around it probably ever since I started to take care of my folks. And I think it's probably even more difficult if you're a firstborn you're kind of anal retentive. Hello, that's me at times. Just ask my husband, my sister, the rest of my family. And sometimes when we feel like we've got to live up to somebody else's expectations, in this case, mom, dad's, not just theirs, but mine too, you know, they put us on such high pedestals when we become the adults. And I really appreciate that. But sometimes I was really worried about not living up to those stories that they shared and my own expectations. Mistakes actually happen or tougher to admit when we lead others in some other way, shape, or form. If you're especially in a corporate role or even an entrepreneurial role or even the head of household, everybody's looking on you for the way to, through, around, or out of a situation. So having to be perfect to make sure everybody's safe, whether it's being physically, emotionally, or financially, sometimes makes it tough. And yes, we make mistakes. That strive for perfection is a killer. And the list goes on. So I've decided to open up and be totally vulnerable here with you. Yep, it's tough being honest sometimes. But let me start now. First off, a little bit of background. I'm an entrepreneur. Yes, I have spent many years in the corporate world too as an employee reporting to somebody else. Well, as an entrepreneur, we're always reporting to somebody else. If you don't know that and you're not an entrepreneur, now you do. Because those folks are my clients. And deep down inside, my DNA is to be creative, take charge, push the envelopes for sure, which is why I am not back in the corporate world, at least working for them directly but as an entrepreneur and business owner. That in itself leads to a lot of caregiving head trash about what to do and when. So here's my top 10 list of mistakes. Yeah, I know there's a lot more. And we don't really grow unless we make mistakes. And that's kind of trite. But mistake number one was 
thinking it was going to be a lot easier than it was. I tell you right now, it just is not as easy as everybody thinks it is from the beginning. I've kept people at too far of a distance when I needed them, telling them, I've got this. You know what? That's fine. I'm mentally strong and physically strong. Oh, and it's not just entrepreneurs that fall into this trap. You corporate folks do this too, all too well. Guess what? More than half of you won't even tell your boss, your employer, or the people around you, or maybe even if your board of directors for fear of retribution. I totally get it. And an inside story, if you want to go back to one episode, and I'll put that in the show notes, is that the former CEO of Aetna, Mark Bertolini, who was my guest, shared that he was actually seriously considering suicide based totally on caregiver stress. So this is a serious issue. If you haven't done it and you don't know what to do, take a deep breath and just risk being a little vulnerable and asking those around you that you work with saying, hey, I'm having a little difficulty. Can you help me here? What have you got to lose? Mistake number two, not acting fast enough and sometimes thinking things would just work out for the best. Well, when you think something's happening, chances are it is. And for those of us who are overseeing the care of a parent who are living in a care home, actually the compassion, the skills, and the other things that you need to make sure that things are going well for them is critical. And a lot of those people at those care homes are overstressed, overworked, and at wit's end themselves. And things are going to happen and fall through the cracks because they don't know what to do. And they don't know your folks as well as you do. I'll give you one example. And this is not a pretty one. I've shared it before, but I'm going to share it again. The head nurse at the care home that my folks ran into, not because I wanted them to go there, but because they didn't want to be a burden to my sister and myself. And you know what? I really appreciate that. But it didn't work out exactly as we wanted. And their head nurse, Ratchet, as I called her. So now you know how I really feel about her. <laughs> well, I can get into bigger stories. But one day during a visit, I went down to Florida from Connecticut, where we were living, and said, you know, my mom's complaining that she can't see out of her left eye. What's going on? And I must have inquired one too many times because Nurse Ratchet said, Nancy, your mother is not our problem. I'm like, WTF? What the heck? We're thinking we're paying over $10,000 a month at the time, which did balloon to over $30,000 a month. And yes, that WTF, which is not wine, turkey, and family, <laughs> went way overboard. I did get them out of there, but not acting fast enough and assuming that they knew what they were doing was mistake number two. As the old saying goes, never assume. Mistake number three, crying all the way back home to the airport after dad had walked me to the car, turned around, and walked back into the facility to be with mom. That heartbreak was just incredible. I say, you know, crying doesn't save anything or help anything, but why I didn't take notice and move faster, again, I don't know. So I guess number two and three kind of work together in the same lot. But I think really number three came out of being just afraid of what was happening, afraid of the end, fear, put you in such a headlock. Try not to do it. Or if you do, because we all face fear at some point, is 
deal with it, admit it, freak out, do whatever you have to do, catch your breath and start to move forward again. Number four, thinking I could do it all myself. Caring for an aging parent is a team sport. Seriously, this is not a game. Maybe sometimes it is. But very quickly, I learned to pull in who I needed, when I needed them, and how to find them. Thankfully, my entrepreneurial skills of networking are part of my superpowers. Yes, thank you, Wonder Woman, for giving me that extra dose of DNA that I needed, or Supermom, because mom and dad taught me how to do that many, many years ago. In fact, I remember one day visiting dad in their home after being out of the care facility, and my dad looked at me and said, How do you get to know all these people? You know so many that I never learned to meet. Well, Dad, guess what? You knew a lot more than you realized, and you knew a lot more people than you ever admitted because I learned everything about networking from you. He looked at me and smiled, and our lead aide Millie said, You know what? Your dad kind of teared up there. But it's true. I followed everything that he did. And you can do the same by watching your parents. Networking is a skill you're going to need. I learned that really there is a ton of people in my own business network that could help me when I needed it. I worked on finding better insurance people, how to move real estate purchases. I had only bought one house before. It was our primary residence, my husband and I, but I had never bought a house as a real estate investment. And that's exactly what I did. Teaming in your financial advisors to make the right decisions for the right reasons when you need to understanding medical insurance when you don't know it, figuring out what long-term care insurance policies worked and didn't work and why they had them and where they were and how to make sure that they got the best out of it. So I tapped into those and even calling on somebody that I knew and had met at FINRA. Yep, even the tough ones are going to be there when you need them and when you cry out for help. Of course, how you cry out for help is a key too. And yes, I called on all of them and more. Number five, not giving myself a break. I was obsessed at doing the best for two great parents who cared for my sister and me for so many years, and even my baby sister who passed way back when when she was three. I guess that's admirable, but it made my days a lot more exhausting and physically taxing. I slept with my phone literally inches from my pillow, afraid to sleep at times, thinking, I know that phone's going to go off and ring. I just feel it. I probably even feel it vibrating on my pillow. Well, actually, I didn't put it on my pillow at times. I really did put it under my pillow so that if it did ring, it wouldn't wake my husband up. Big mistake. Mistake number six. Well, this actually worked out pretty well, but it was a big, scary mistake in the beginning. And yes, it was dealing with mom and dad's finances. I moved their account from a rather less than scrupulous financial advisor who was benefit to broker, not benefit to client. Trust me, guys, if you are dealing with financial advisors, if you have the right one, they will be making sure that you do well. Because if you do well, they will do well. If you're a financial advisor, it does work. In any case, I made the decision to find ways to rebuild their finances, which had been devastated by this other advisor. This guy was raking in the dough, and mom and dad were not. Not a good one. So together with my team of advisors, I aggressively invested and managed their account like they were kind of in their 20s and had another 80 years to live. 
Thankfully, this worked out to our advantage. But there were days and weeks that sometimes I even had three conversations with my financial advising team to make sure we were on the right path and things were going well. Yep, that ate into my own business, my own life, my family life, my personal life, and everything else around me. My sister didn't really know how much stress I was under, and to this day, I don't think she does. But you know what? That's okay, because I thought I could do it all myself. In this case, it was important that I took control. And yes, it worked out for the best. Mistake number seven, not sharing what I was going through with my husband when he really wanted to be there to help me. I know I pushed him away thinking, I'm stronger than that. I don't need this help. I'm good. You know, sometimes that goes back to the early days when we were kids, at least with me, because I was always told, I'm not going to help you, Nance. Figure it out on your own. You can do it. And I appreciate all that extra help in pushing me out of the nest or pushing me out on the sidewalk or in front of the car, whatever it was, figuratively, not literally, of course. But it did make me stronger. And in other cases, it made me more vulnerable. So at the end, I did open up and tell him where I was hurting, eventually. And sometimes I just didn't have to say anything because he knew. So thank you. I appreciate that, honey. And I know I was there for you too. Beyond not sharing with my husband, I also didn't share this with clients or other colleagues I was working with. Well, I did share it with some pretty close friends who are colleagues, but at the end, I really did need to share this with clients because I always needed to assure them, one, that the work would be done, anything that they had a deadline, it always got done at the level that they expected, and typically higher because I felt I had to fill in those blanks just in case they might notice the cracks. But when it came time to be in the hospital with mom or dad, I finally did break and tell a client or two that I just needed a few extra hours. I explained where I was, the time I could talk to them, that I hoped they understood, and I would respond appropriately. That's a word my mom used. So, thank you, Mom. Mistake number eight. This is a biggie. I tried to protect my heart before Mom and Dad passed. I thought if I pretended they were gone while they were here, that I'd be okay when things finally happened. What planet was I living on? Really? Come on. I know, looking back at that, that seems absolutely stupid, ridiculous, and just a dumbass thing to do. But for me, I thought, maybe I could just be stronger. If I could protect my heart, it wouldn't break. Well, guess what? I don't know what the heck I was thinking. It still broke when they passed. And it was a dumb, stupid, as I said earlier, dumbass thing to do. I didn't really ignore them, but I know that there were probably things that I just wasn't as present about or with when I needed to be. So, Mom, Dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Please understand. <sighs> okay. Mistake number nine not realizing that when Mom and Dad are gone, or spouse, whoever you're caring for, your job is not over. It takes time to heal. Seven to ten days that the company gives you off, or just society says, a week is enough, two weeks, and you'll snap back. That's bull. Trust me. One friend, even after two years, still hasn't opened her mother's sympathy cards. I get it. It hurts. It's like reliving that time all over again. Kind of like playing whack-a-mole. So don't do it. 
I know that's easier said than done, but please give yourself a break. Time to heal can take several years. In fact, my husband and I actually talked about this when his dad died. And several years thereafter, he said, Nance, it's going to take at least two to three years to start feeling better. I said, two to three years? You have got to be out of your cotton pick in mind. He's right. Two to three years to start feeling that heaviness coming off your chest just a little bit. But the good news, and he shared this with me too, is that their memory never fades. Even if some of them aren't so good, but the good ones will always be there. Try and do that for yourself. Mistake number 10. Well, maybe this isn't a mistake. Maybe it's a lesson. I'm trying not to repeat those mistakes all over again. Not that I have extra parents to take care of now, but in sharing it with you. Hopefully, it'll be something that you'll learn from. And hopefully, it's something I won't repeat again when and if I have to step into this role for somebody else that I love. And you know what? I love you all too. So that's it for another episode of Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. I think it's a good one. And yeah, it was a real sticky one to open up and be a little bit more vulnerable than I have in the past. It's hard. I'm not going to say that it's easy. And it does get better sometimes. But then other times, the shit's going to hit the fan and it's going to be a big mess to clean up. Try not to make mistakes because it's only going to make your life a little bit more difficult, more complicated, and the hurt just more deep than you want it to be. Caring for somebody you love is a privilege. It's a joy, and yeah, it's a burden at times. But understand that. So with that, please know that I care for you. And guess what? This is the end of another episode of a summer short for doing it best with elder care success. If you like this show, and I hope you do, please share a friend with a link, a family member, or somebody else who's going through it. Why? Because it can be your gift to them, and it doesn't cost a dime. And it's my gift to you. So we'll see you soon, or as I like to say, we'll hear you soon. Oh, and I'm starting a YouTube channel, so I'll put a link to that there too. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021, Caremanity, LLC.